Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. I've been listening attentively to the news these recent months. Our world sounds weary. And since the globe is made up of individuals like you and me, I'm guessing you may feel some weariness too. In addition to managing weariness of your personal life, you likely feel some fallout from all that's going on globally. When you are weary, may you be encouraged by today's content. As we consider things happening in countries worldwide, it's as if a gate of troubles has been opened. Individuals are caught up in it as world citizens. They still seek and value individual purpose and hope, but my guess is people also need renewal as we navigate these global times. 1 Chronicles 29 verse 15 says, Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. That sounds discouraging, but isn't it somewhat true? You think things might be turning a corner and getting better, and then the other shoe drops. So where is hope? Let's spend some time with the need for hope in weary times, common to all people of all cultures. Where is hope? You and I are not the first to ask questions about the state of the world. We're not alone in our quest for hope and peace. People have asked for centuries questions of many different kinds. Listen to one man's questions. What strength do I have that I should still hope? What prospects that I should be patient? That's from Job 6, verse 11. That also sounds dismal. Still, it reflects a common thread of human response during difficult global days. Even stout-hearted people wonder about enduring such times. Some may feel deep inner concern as they hear news updates. Some wonder if this stuff is our new norm. Others contemplate what it's going to take to get back to normal. Wherever you are in response to difficult times, you can still have hope. Scripture talks about the hope that God gives to His people. Here's a wonderful verse from His Word, and it's a scripture that you can claim. Psalm 25 verse 3 says, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. This scripture gives a clear directive and a solid promise. Think through this verse with four approaches. First, substitute your name for no one and read the verse aloud with your name. You will hear that you can hope. So, the verse again goes like this, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Let's say your name is Tom. Tom, who hopes in you, will never be put to shame. Or maybe it's Susan. Susan, who hopes in you, will never be put to shame. So that's the first thing. Substitute your name 
for no one. And then the second point is, what should you hope in? Well, this short verse pushes all hope toward God. That's where you direct your hope, in God. You may have been doing this for decades, and if that's the case, keep doing it. If not, start now. The third thing is when you have done the above two things, substituting your name, making it personal, and then the second thing, pushing your hope toward God, after doing that, you will never be put to shame. Though that may look contrary to your circumstances, it's a direct promise from God. He doesn't lie, like many who add despair to our world. And then the fourth thing, perhaps you feel shamed. Let me suggest the following quick check if you happen to feel shamed. The first thing you can do is take a quick, short review of your heart to see if there's any sin to be confessed. If yes, confess it sincerely. If no, then move on to the next point. And the next point is this. Is there something that you could do better next time you're in your circumstances? If yes, ask God for understanding and courage to do that. If no, then move on to the next point. And the next point is this. Are others putting shame on you for obeying God? If yes, stand firm and rejoice. If no, then move to the next point. And this is the final point. Sometimes a person feels a pseudo kind of shame. If there is no root under your feeling, shake it off. Picture a wet dog coming out of a pond, shaking with all his might to get rid of wearisome water all over him. With all your might, shake off the shame in Jesus' name by faith. So a quick review. Going back to Psalm 25, verse 3, that talks about that no one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. Again, we said, substitute your name in that verse, and then push all your hope toward God. And after you've done those two things, you will never be put to shame. That's the promise. It's a direct promise from God. And then the fourth thing is if you feel shamed, then we gave you four more additional action steps that you can do to kind of take a peek at your shame. And let's go ahead and review those four things too. Doing a short review, if you find sin, confess it. If not, then move on to if there's something you could do better next time. If so, then ask God for understanding and courage and then do it. But if there's nothing underneath as you examine, then go on to the next point, which is if others are putting shame on you, then stand firm and rejoice. And then finally, the pseudo-shame that we talked about. Shake it off like a wet dog coming out of a pond. Okay, so you have an opportunity. Sometimes weariness just invades. It's like a war against you. Remember, you have a very real enemy who is also God's enemy. The good news? Well, that puts you on the winning side. But like so many situations in life, weariness provides a great opportunity. First of all, 
It gives you practice identifying true threats versus deceptions. You can claim James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So, number one is to ask God for wisdom. Second, weariness means that you have weakness. That's not a stroke against you, but it puts you in the place of receiving strength that you need. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10 says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the second thing to do is to fall into Christ. Third, you have opportunity to train in resilience and resolve with Jesus in circumstances of weariness. Training involves three faith steps. The first thing is to identify your weariness. Psalm 119.28 says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. So you have to identify it and admit it. Then the second thing you can do is to turn to the source of your strength and power. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And then the third action step is to pursue the rest that is promised to you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 29 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So, like we said before, there are many situations in life that we can uh, learn from, and weariness is one of them. Again, let's review the first thing that we can do in weariness is to ask God for wisdom. The second thing we can do is fall into Christ. The third thing is to train in resilience and resolve. And in order to do that training, we need to first of all identify the weariness, second of all turn to the source of our strength and power, and third, pursue the rest that's been promised. All right, well, what if you're down to the last dribble of hope? What can you do? One man in the Bible has caught my attention. He suffered and had significant losses. So we can identify with him when we become weary in life. But this man's words grab me. They stabilize my perspective. Here is what he said. Though he, God, slay me, yet will I hope in him. Job 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I think that's called stubborn faith. It's definitely resolve. It's stomping your foot and saying, I'm not changing my mind. And it's believing God's claims, even when you can't see the results or when you don't understand his process. Knowing God is loving and good, you can train and practice resilience and resolve. When you get down to your last dribble, Galatians 6-9 
helps to reset perspective. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time. And God decides the timing. Did you know that you have God's permission to be appropriately stubborn, to never give up? This is how Jesus lived his life on earth. He is our model, our friend, and our trainer. Well, you know, there are other kinds of wearinesses. Let's look at a couple of them. Weariness can result from normal wear and tear of simply living in this world. Even when things are not discombobulated like they are currently, wear and tear brings on weariness. And then there's a kind of weariness that is only remedied by rest and renewal. If you are very tired from seasons of life or even just from your day, why not ask God to provide a season of rest? Or if you're tired from your day, get a good sleep that night. But sometimes it's a whole season and you need a longer period of rest. Deep rest comes from God. Let Him decide what that provision would look like, but do talk to Him about it and trust Him for it. So then another kind of weariness. Sometimes a person becomes weary at the high drain of just staying alive. God has strongly promised to give direction and provision as you turn to Him. He is aware of your needs, and you are more valuable than many sparrows, as Jesus said in Matthew 10.31. And then finally, another kind of weariness, Jesus prepared His disciples for the reality of how hard life can get. But He couched this heads up with a promise. In John 16.33, He said, In this world you will have troubles, but don't be afraid, for I have overcome the world. God is always offering help and hope. He intends to walk with you and knows how to address every detail while sharing both your joys and your sorrows. Since God made people, He knows how to help His weary children. Let's talk for a minute about better things. God wants better things for you. Check out Hebrews 6, verse 9. Better habits, higher standards, clearer goals, careful plans, passionate involvement, renewed strength, rest from weariness. He's thought about all of this. If you focus on putting God's interests above your own, even when you are down to a dribble, you will find He's already has every interest of your life on His radar. But better things also means better trust. Since your Father loves you and will take care of your interests, weary times provide your opportunity to make a powerful statement that you love Him back. Better things come from better faith and better obedience. Even better rest flows from God's kind and compassionate heart. So, buckle up. There is hope when you are weary. 
Here are some application questions and thoughts. First of all, identify. Are you weary? Second, have you identified why you are weary? And then the third thing, and we talked about all these things in this content, the third thing is what kind of weariness do you have? Fourth, identify promises from this material that you will take forward that speak to your heart. And then fifth, what action steps that we already talked about in the content today, what things will you put into practice? Sixth, how can you begin to graft instructive scriptures from this content into your life? And then seventh, why not? Come to Jesus when you are weary, and He will give you rest. From Matthew eleven twenty eight. I also want to invite you to enjoy the articles and or podcasts from our recent faith series. It was a great series with lots of encouragement, help, and hope. Here are the seven articles and podcasts that were included in that series. Number one, ever run out of heroes? Number two, faith jump. Number three, fresh faith for you. Four, grow up in faith. Four tips. Five, faith and family. Six, who can you trust these days? And seven, a beautiful true story of faith from real people. Please do visit our website for devotional materials articles, podcasts, and resources to help you grow your faith in God. Pursue noble character and an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and ebooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.